0: Welcome to another episode of the Pete Potential Success Show. My name is Paul Chua. I'm an entrepreneur, business strategist, real estate investor, speaker, also best-selling author, and every single day, I help others unlock the potentials and guide them to succeed. Today on the show, we have another fascinating guest on the show. We interview celebrities, entrepreneurs, business CEOs, authors, and athletes, and artists to find out their path to success, how they're able to overcome challenges and adversity, and of course, their keys to success. And today's guest is definitely somebody who could show us the way. Uh, he's paved the world to success for himself, and also paved the road to success for Lot of his clients and lots of companies out there uh, because of what he knows about websites. This guy is an absolute genius and an architect when it comes to website designs. Uh, he started off with what $250 in his pocket with a startup and built that to a multi million dollar uh, enterprise. And this guy absolutely knows what he's doing uh, helping over like companies worldwide, building over 1500 websites and generating just over like over half a million leads for his clients and that's something all of us wants a website that can convert so that it could work for us while we're not looking at our websites all the time so uh, please welcome technology entrepreneur international speaker website expert Mr. Cody Thompson
1: thank you Fong that's a very uh, that's a big mouthful of an introduction so I really appreciate it
0: <laughs> well people who have lots of success and is really, really good at helping (laughs) others achieve success uh, deserve a a, a big mouthful, (laughs) right? So first of all, thank you for being here. I I know we're right across the world right now. uh, So timelines are usually difficult, but I really appreciate you spending time with us and sharing some of your tips and insight and golden nuggets. Uh, But first of all, website design is not something everybody gets out of school and goes, you want, I I want to do website designs because that's my passion. So how did you get into this industry? What was your path like?
1: I started as a graphic designer. Actually, I was doing branding, like logo work and, um, just general marketing. I was always quite good at graphic design and and just anything technology, you know, technology. And so when I finished school, I was, um, I was I was doing that. And then um, once you start doing graphic design for people, they start to ask you if you could do their website. So it was kind of a bit of a natural transition uh, from graphic design into web.
0: Mm. Now, I, I know lots of people think about websites like, oh, I'll just throw something out there. And <laughs> it, it doesn't matter. Nobody looks at it. Nobody really cares. How true is that? How important is a website for a company?
1: Well, I mean, you can grow great businesses without a website. Obviously, I've seen people do it with, you know, landing pages and things like that. However, if you if you want to build something reputable, I mean, you just think about our own behavior. If you're going to go to a restaurant or you're going to stay at a hotel or you're going to do something like that, the first thing that you do is you check the reputation of the restaurant or the hotel. You check the photos. You want to get some information before you make a decision. Well, that's how buying works. That's what people do. So having a website, a good website that doesn't just... um it's not just a shiny brochure but something that actually actually can capture um, people's contact details allows you like an unfair advantage against the competition because most people will land on a website and leave without doing anything. So if you have something on your website that allows you to pick the interest of the viewer, collect their contact details, then you can have a conversation uh, offline with that person. And that allows you to convert a lot more people that land on your website. So yeah, I think it's very important for businesses these days. It really should be your like a 24 hour uh, salesperson in your business. Uh, uh-huh. So while you're sleeping, it's um, it's selling for you.
0: Now for somebody who's just starting out and they go, okay, I have a website that I have to come up with. I need to start doing uh TikTok videos and Instagram and all this social media stuff, LinkedIn and whatnot. That's a lot of stuff for a person who's just starting out to really grasp their mind around. What yeah. would you say is the very first thing they need to do? Is it the website? Is it getting an account on, on Instagram? What should they do first?
1: It's a great question. It really does depend on the business a little bit because I think, like for example, if you're a personal trainer, um, you could probably build a great business with uh, an Instagram account and a landing page, for example. Um, But if you're a builder and you don't have a website, you're not going to convince many people uh, to let you build their house. So it really does depend uh, a little bit on 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 the business that you have. I will just say, I guess, when it comes to marketing, it can be so overwhelming. Like you said, this um, guru is telling you to do all these different things. Like you've got to do paid ads, you've got to build a funnel, you've got to um, be uh, present on every single social media channel and it can become very overwhelming. The way that I think about marketing is like a table. Um, You want to have uh, more than one leg on a table. Um, If you have only one leg, like one marketing avenue in your business, then your your business is unstable. So eventually you want to have multiple... Uh, multiple uh, marketing channels to get, you know, to get um, people to come and buy from you. But at the beginning, you just need one, you just need one way that you're generating leads into your business that works. And then over time, um, you build in other legs. So for me in my business, I built my uh, uh, web development business to over $3 million uh, a year in revenue. And I did it nearly entirely through partnership marketing. So working with Uh, creating relationships with business coaches who would promote our services. So that was what I felt comfortable doing. I was good at educating, good at speaking. So that was my strength. Whereas I've got other friends of mine who don't like speaking in public and uh, they're really great with um, building paid ad strategies. And so they build their businesses using Facebook ads. So it really depends on your skill set, your business, but I would just encourage you not to chase every single, you know, shiny marketing um, idea. Instead, figure out what's a marketing strategy that works for you. And then um, and then just make sure you drive at home and then add other legs to your table uh, once you've got, you know, one leg that's successfully uh, working for your business. Mm-hmm.
0: Now, something that's very common in your industry, the coaching industry, uh, lots of the training industries and whatnot, is that when people start out, they they tend to do a lot of free things. They'll either train people for free, do websites for free, just to get that traction, <laughs> just to get those testimonials. But then there's another group of people who's like, wait a minute, this is what I do. Why am I giving it away for free? Have you done anything that was for free at the beginning? Do you still do things for free for people to generate more leads, to generate more hype, to get uh, publicity and whatnot? Does the whole sure. model still work?
1: Yeah, look, I think um you don't want to, you want to find the balance of um, maintaining the value of your product. You don't want to devalue your time or your, you know, your expertise uh, by offering it for free um, everywhere. However, I would say if you create great systems in your business and you leverage technology, you can do things for free that others would charge for. Say, for example, if you're a web development agency um, and you offer like a free SEO audit. Now, just because you're offering that audit for free doesn't mean it needs to cost you much. If you're using like an outsourced team overseas, for example, you've got a great piece of technology that helps you generate the, the, the audit. It might take... 10 minutes to create a customized report. Um, but that 10 minutes might be at a $5 an hour um, pay rate. And so it it costs you less than a a few dollars to put together a free report. So others may charge $150 to do a, a an in-depth SEO audit of a website, but if you know if you're giving it away, it's only costing you less than $5 to to generate that same report then um, that's a pretty darn good lead magnet um, to kind of get somebody in the door and not just get them in the door, but get them to realize there's a gap uh, in their current, um, you know, their current uh, reality that your business could fulfill. So I would just suggest find ways that you can offer something for free that others charge for, but you need to do it in a way that brings value and doesn't devalue, um, you know, your, your product or service. mm mm-hmm.
0: Now, what something that you do is you're really good at creating logos for people as well uh, on top of websites. And I know that there's a lot of people out there who spend hundreds and hundreds of dollars on creating that logo. And then also time and they think about, well, how about this one? Well, changing the color and on this one. And that stunts them from actually progressing. How important is to is it for them to perfect that logo or even perfect their name yeah, versus, let- versus a website? <laughs>
1: yeah look, it's much less important than um, you know when you're starting out I would I would um, you know focus on being good at what you do. Um, I think that that's the best marketing that you can have. you know, I know as a graphic designer when I started, um, once you land a few good clients and you do good work for them, it just snowballs from there. And it wouldn't have mattered what my name was, whether I was training as my own personal name or, I was trading as a business, a business name. it It wouldn't have made a difference really, in terms of the reputation that I was building. I would say, however, though, once you want to build a larger business, it's it gets harder and harder to to rebrand later. Um, so I would suggest it is it is important, but it's not the thing that I would focus on when I'm initially starting out. Um, but once you want to start building something substantial, you need to have a a great logo. You need to have a, load, a logo that's trademarkable, mm-hmm. because if you do want to sell your company one day, you need to have all of those things lined up, uh, because brand, uh, you know, th- that brand equity is very valuable to people that are looking to purchase companies. And if you don't have trademarks and licenses in place, it'll make it much more difficult to sell your business. Mm-hmm.
0: Uh, now you mentioned before how you potentially offer things that are, uh, that other companies would charge a lot for that you will offer for free. That's your USP, but also what differentiates for you from other website companies, because you're one of the best ones out there and there's lots of people who use you. What sets you apart from all the rest?
1: Yeah. I think one of the big things was we just tried to design our model in a way that was going to, um, the most suitable for customers like i used to sell websites the way that everybody does which is i would charge a large fee for the build of the website and then i would build something custom for them every time but the problem with that model is that you're focused on getting projects out the door as fast as you can because you make all your money um you know on the initial project um so about seven years ago I I, I kind of stumbled upon a new business model. I'd built a a website for a gym and then another gym came to me and said, hey, I'd like a website like you did for that gym. Uh, and I quoted them, uh, the price, it was 10, 15 grand or something like that for, for the website. Um, and they're like, well, we can't afford that. Could you just give us the same website that you built for the other gym? And I thought, oh, okay, this might work. And so I, I said, oh, what if I sell you the website for $300 um, and then you pay me $99 a month and I'll manage and maintain all of the software and everything for the website. They said, that sounds fantastic. And so that that was how my website model was born. I started selling websites for you know less than $1,000 and then charging a fee for us to manage the websites for our clients. I sold two two 250 or so of those websites for gyms in the first 12 months of launching that new business model. And I realized it was just a much better way to support customers because... Uh, Unlike most web development agencies, our focus is not on winning new projects. Our focus is on the thousand clients that we already have, helping Mm -hmm. them to um, use their website as a sales tool. Like you said earlier, instead of a shiny brochure, we want our clients to actually use their website to generate leads and grow their business.
0: Mm -hmm. How do you uh, maintain your relationships with all your clients to keep them coming back to you or renewing or keeping that subscription going?
1: Yeah, I mean you got to add you got to add value. Um, so we we run education webinars to um, to help educate our clients. Um, we have a a dedicated team that answers their support requests. So when they ask us for help, we need to be there. We need to be there quickly. We need to be good at what we do. Solve their website issues uh, quickly. We need to have templates and and tools that can be easily implemented onto their website. So when they've got a strategy to grow their business, we need to make it as fast as, as possible for us to help uh, implement that strategy on their website. If you do those types of things, uh, obviously we've got um, staff as well that are uh, responsible for reaching out and connecting with our clients. If they've got a, a ticket that, um, like a request that is not being done um, quickly enough that there's a, there's channels for them to escalate their requests. So we have all those types of things in place to make sure that we're we're doing a great job at um, looking after, you know, their needs and their website requirements.
0: Mm-hmm. Now, when it comes to building websites, building a business, you went from $250 all the way to multi-million. At what point did you go, wow, I made it? Or are you still get, getting to a point where you're still waiting to say that to yourself? <laughs> <laughs>
1: Um well, to be honest, before I was running a business, I was a youth pastor and I'd made thirty grand a year. So the very first year I was in business, I made one hundred and ten thousand and I already felt like I made it, um, <laughs> you know, because it was so much more than i'd I'd ever earned uh, in my life before. Um to be honest, nowadays, I, I just see all of the areas of my businesses that I want to improve. so I don't really um, get that sense of um, I've made it. Um, I do sometimes, um, like I am reminded sometimes if like, for example, we're doing a new building project in the Philippines at the moment, um, it's like a nearly, nearly a million dollar building project over there for, for, um, uh, for our staffing facility over there. And, um, yeah, when you walk through that building, um, it's 1200 square meters. So it's, it's huge when you walk through it, that's the, you have those types of moments where you're like, holy crap, this is actually, um, I actually have a a proper business, you know, um, as opposed to the, uh, you know, sitting in my office as a graphic designer, just, um, doing, you know, flyer designs for people. So there are those moments where you kind of like pinch yourself and you're like, holy moly, this is, um, a serious business. But to be honest, most of the time I've just focused on my 90 day action plan, the things that I got to get done in, in my company to, to move forward in the next 90 days, Mm -hmm.
0: Now, what is there? Is there anybody in your life that's still saying, "You know what? You should have stayed being a UPAS."
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, definitely. Uh, look, I mean, to be honest, it took me a while, um, because my faith is still, I'm still, it's still very important to me. And when I first started my business, I was, um, I felt uh, conflicted a little bit because, uh, the reason I started my company was because I took on a volunteer role in a church. And they had no money to pay me, but I was running their um, youth and leadership programs there. Um, I knew that they would be able to pay me eventually, um, and so I started graphic designing just as a freelancer to kind of pay my own way. Mm-hmm. And then when the business took off, I felt a little bit conflicted, to be honest, that I was, uh, you know, that I I moved <laughs> to the Gold Coast to take on this church role, and now the business was taking off. So for a while there, I did um, have that conflict. You know wondering if I was doing the right thing and there was people in my life that would have preferred me to co- you know continue in my lane um, but I guess for me I just felt that um you know what I was doing with my business you know that God was using me in a different way and so I just had to embrace embrace that new chapter of business in my life
0: mm-hmm. now you've helped so many people become successful with their websites uh you yourself have been very very good at what you do what are some of the most laughable or most common things that you hear when people talk about their websites or some of the problems that they have like for I instance in IT it's like yeah you just turn it off and turn it back on <laughs>
1: <laughs> probably the thing that you would say over and over again is like have you have you cleared your browser history um that would be like a common thing where like if there's an update on a website like if you've updated wordpress and mm-hmm. there's like an error that is showing on their website and you ask them, you know, have you cleared your browser history? A lot of the time their browsers set to store certain things and that makes their website display funny. And so a lot of the times, um, issues can be solved just by clearing your browser history. So that would be the equivalent of like, have you turned it on and off? Mm-hmm. Um, so that, yeah, that's definitely, um, something that happens regularly.
0: How about some of the most common no-no's that you see that's out there?
1: For websites? Yeah. Um, Common no-nos. Uh, one would just be, um, one would just be like adding motion sliders at the top of websites. Like that's something that was. It's, it's less common now, but everyone was asking for it for ages. Like they wanted sliding banners at the top of their site. Um, And it was like proven a million times over that it was um, worse in in terms of converting people um, into um, opportunities on their website. But it didn't matter what data you showed them, they just wanted the shiny slider at the top of the website. So there were so many projects over the years where I would be putting sliders on websites just because I was unable to convince the client. That uh, that it was not uh as uh, beneficial for their website. So that's probably uh one of the one of the common um, mistakes.
0: Mm-hmm. What would be something that people must do to have on their websites that is like a no brainer, aside from taking away the the movable uh, banner?
1: Well, you just got to have a clear positioning statement and call to action. So what I mean by positioning statement is when someone lands on the website, we talk about the first panel on the website. You know, you could call it a welcome panel or some sometimes in marketing, they call it above the fold, but it's like the most important real estate, um, that you have on your website because it's what people see when they land there. Um, and we call it a positioning statement. That's the text that people read when they land on your website. Um, it's also the image that is associated with the text and then the buttons or, um, or action items that are on that panel. And that's the most important thing because when someone lands on that panel, they need to know who you are. They need to know what you do and why you're different. And then they need to know what you want them to do next. Um, Mm. And if they can't catch that on that first panel, um, you have literally like less than a second to convince people to stay on your website, there's been, um, you know, studies done. There was one done at the Missouri University um, where they studied people landing on websites. They found it was like something like 0.05 of a second. It's like it's like almost instantly when someone lands on the website, they make a judgment about you just from the graphics and that initial text that's um, on the page. So I would say that's the most important. That welcome panel, and ideally, you want some sort of action. That uh, people can put their contact details in and get connected with you straight away. We would in marketing call that a lead magnet, something that um, that 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 they desire that they can action right now. Uh, so that they can do that on the website before they leave. Um that's what we want because most people will land on your website and they'll take off. Maybe they're looking at, maybe they're comparing your business with several other businesses. So we want to make sure that we get that unfair advantage. If we get their contact details, it allows us to connect with them via SMS or email um, and we can do things that our other competitors won't be able to do when it comes to marketing. And that's that's how we can put ourselves um in, in a great position to to win that business.
0: Mm-hmm. Now isn't that that's kind of depressing for somebody who spends let's say thousands thousand dollars on a website <laughs> yeah. to realize that people jump on their 0. 0.5 seconds and they're off and they're off to some other website <laughs> and they're like, what the, you didn't even click on another page or a different tab So yeah like what do you what what would you say is the most attention grabbing image or positioning or what what's on that very first shot for people to see that would keep them longer than 0. 0.5 of a second?
1: Uh, faces actually is probably when it, it comes to graphics, probably the the thing that um keeps people on the page. And now I'm not saying every brand should have a face at the top, just because it might not be relevant for the business. But uh, just in terms of graphics that um that connect with people, it's faces. If you have a a, a person at the top of your page um, with their face, even if the face is looking at the screen. Um, uh, people are drawn to faces, um, so that's that's in terms of just a general graphic. That's um, one that we would suggest would yeah would be utilizing you know some sort of personal image like that 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 connects you know in a human way to the person on the on the other side of the screen.
0: So if a if a person didn't want their own face on the website, uh, yeah. would it still be recommended that they have let's say pictures of their clients or pictures of totally maybe, maybe generic photos out there? that they can use of people having meetings and stuff like that too.
1: Totally. Yeah. So like if you're a skin clinic, for example, and you help people with, um, you know, um, with beauty, you could have a, a, a beautiful like woman on the, on the front there. Um, and if, you know, she's looking at the camera, then it in, in, engages with people, um, directly. Um, and if it's, if it's someone who's beautiful that the, the client, your clients are going to be like, that's the type of skin that I want to have, <laughs> then, um, that connects with people straight away. Or if you're an accounting firm, um, you know, on the other hand, you might have someone, you know, uh, you know, dress in a, you know, in professional attire and they're sitting across the desk from you looking at the camera. Um, it might not be, uh, it could be an, an actor photo, like it could be a staged photo, but if it has that sense of professionalism, um, then you it, it can connect with people straight away. So I'm not saying that in every scenario, but certainly um, from building thousands and thousands of websites, probably the thing that that captures people's attention the most is, is a face.
0: Mm-hmm. Now, you work with so many different types of people do you prefer people coming up to you with an idea or do you rather rather than be a complete clean slate that's willing (laughs) to go with whatever you tell them to go?
1: Um, I personally like collaboration. Um, so I, I enjoy it when people have, um, you know, some thoughts and ideas about what they want for their website. It is easier when they, uh, going to trust you as an expert, sometimes uh, I'm sure you get this in the real estate space as well, that you get people that um, maybe have a little bit of knowledge um, and a little bit of knowledge can be dangerous if they don't trust you as the expert. So I guess that's the only um, caveat I would say to that. I like it when people have their own ideas, but I, I also like it when they um, understand that we've built thousands of these websites, we know what works um, and they're willing to kind of be open to our advice and guidance. Um, so I guess that would be my, my ideal client.
0: How how far do you go to convince them one way or another until you go, you know what, fine, this is what you get. And then potentially they might come <laughs> yeah. back and go, Hey, this isn't working. Like, yeah, I told you so. <laughs> so I yeah. told you moving banners is not going to work. But anyway, how, how far do you, yeah. before you, you kind of go, okay, this is, this is what you want.
1: This is actually it's a great question because that's a big challenge in any any I'm sure, you know, you've seen this in your own businesses before as well. But it is a challenge when you when you have other staff. Um, because I would push back on clients quite a lot. Um and they would kind of take it from me, you know, if I said that's not a good idea. I don't think you should do that. Um, but we have 70 staff in our web development company and I'm not directly involved in every decision that gets made on a client's website so sometimes we'll build a beautiful website and then i come back and see the site you know six months um down the track and i'm like why the heck is all of this stuff changed and then i find out that the the client has been requesting all kinds of um changes to their website which i don't always uh always agree with um so i i just try to educate my team on the best practices for websites and i try to get them to push back as much as possible, but to be honest, once you've pushed back on a client, you know it. it ultimately, it's their website, and so if they ask us to do things um, that we think is not a good idea, we we will tell them. Uh, but if they're like, "No, we want to proceed," then at that point, um, you know, uh, my team will would, would just do the changes that they've asked for on their website. So to answer your question, I think I can push back a lot more, but um because people will perhaps take it from me a little bit uh a little bit more but from my staff usually we can push back once if they still want to you know move ahead then um, we'll usually execute the change that they've requested Mm
0: -hmm. now being a website designer usually is those people who are quiet they they kind of stay in their own little group and they they put their heads down they design and then they send it out they they don't like going out there and speak but you're an international speaker you speak on so many different stages was that transition easy i'm like well you were a youth pastor so you had had that speaking ability before but now you're speaking to businesses ceos large enterprises like how was that transition for you
1: i mean like you said i was a youth pastor for for um many years i probably had spoken at, you know public spoken probably a thousand times before I ever started running my own business. Uh, when I was a youth pastor, I was speaking probably three times a week. Um, and that wasn't just to, to, to young people. I was speaking, you know, at, at larger churches um, that have, you know, um, adults in the congregation as well. So I did, I didn't, I wasn't afraid of um, public speaking. Um, and so when I got that opportunity in business, it was a natural, it was easy, you know, cause I'd done so many um, repetitions of speaking in public Um, I still get nervous, you know, um, you know, sometimes if it's, uh, um, you know, an important event or, um, I guess just generally I care about doing a good job at what I do. So I still get nervous, um, because I want, I want to help people and I want the, the, you know, whatever I'm speaking about, I want it to land well with the people that are there. Um, but, um, yeah, certainly what I was doing as a youth pastor prepared me well, um, in terms of just giving me opportunities to speak lots of times in front of people,
0: uh, designing websites, going out there to speak, working with like other entrepreneurs and businesses, you you have creativity in order to do all those things. Is creativity a skill set that you were kind of born with, or do you did you hone those skill sets? That's a good
1: question. I, look, I think. I think everyone has some, you know, you know, born with some sort of creativity. I think the, um my, I guess, belief would be that it's our, our role to keep that creativity alive and to, you know, f- um, encourage that creativity. Like I've got three, three um, beautiful kids. I've got a six-year-old, a four-year-old, a two-year-old. Um, they love gra- grabbing pencils and drawing. I think most children that I've met have those types of desires to do, you know, craft activities, to make things um, to to use their imagination, um, I would imagine um, from my little experience um, parenting um, that it's our job as parents to try to um, help them to to never let go of that creativity. So um, certainly, when I was a kid, I was like that. I was loved to draw, um, and then as I got older, I just kept drawing. Um, and then once I started. Uh, just playing with it. I used to like um, photo edit my friends' photos. Like I would Photoshop off their eyebrows, or or cut their eyebrow off and turn it into a mustache, or do stu- you know stupid things like that. And so by the time I had finished school, I was I was already very good at Photoshop. No one taught me. I just liked playing with playing with the tool. And so when I went to university, I just remember uh, it, you know my university <laughs> lecturers asking me like, how did you do that on Photoshop? um, because I just liked playing with software tools and making stuff. Um, so, um, yeah, I guess I think everyone has that creativity. We just have to, um, we have to just nurture that creative side of us. Uh, uh,
0: that your story there reminds me of this one, it's either an ad or a meme. I think it was an ad for a a dental (laughs) company where they had a person with their face there and they're smiling. And, they don't have one tooth. They also <laughs> don't have one eyebrow, but then, yeah. every, and then the, the statement was, now you know how important dentists are because you didn't notice the missing eyebrow. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm like, oh, that's, that's... that's pretty smart. <laughs> um, throughout your journey, uh, in order for you to be as successful as you are, I would assume that you surround yourself with other people who were able to guide you along, uh, give you some tips and and pointers here and there. What were some of the most important tips that you've gotten that made you go, "Oh, I didn't think about it that way," or, "Oh, I knew that, but the way you said it just made me go, I got it." I
1: oh, mean, there's been so many people who have who've um who've ha- I've had conversations with. There's a friend of mine, you you may have heard of him before. His name's Simon Bowen. Um he um, runs a company called The Models Method. Um, and one of the things that um, Simon is a genius at is taking something complicated. Um, and he draws models. He draws pictures to uh, explain complicated things. And there's been times I've been having you know, challenges in business. I was having challenges with uh, capacity, uh, basically getting our website capacity up. We were selling about 30 websites a month. Um, and we weren't able to keep up the delivery of those websites. And I was trying to find uh, ways that I could streamline how I'd structured my um, my um, my team. Um, and one conversation with Simon drawing you know, some simple models um, was um, able to help unlock some, um, you know, revelation around, oh, I should, I just need to change how I've adjusted the team. I just need to change. Um, you know, who, the responsibilities of these team leaders, and that will, you know, solve the problem. So there's been so many little conversations like that with mentors over the years where they just see things, you know, with a different perspective. So I would just encourage anyone listening to this to find people in your life that you can talk to that have a different perspective than you. Because so so often, it's not like a like I was racking my brain trying to think of someone who gave me like a cool quote for you, but I can't think of any uh, at, at, at this at the moment but there's just been so many times where they'll just ask a question even that you hadn't asked like you'll tell them a problem and then they'll ask you a question and it's like the light um, switches on because they're looking at your problem w- with a different perspective so i'm very very grateful for all of the just i've got a number of people like simon and others mentors in my life that you know they'll tell me the truth and they'll ask me difficult questions that that really helps me move forward in my business mm-hmm.
0: Awesome. Uh, now let's put you back on the world stage and you have a couple of minutes to share one message that you want everybody to remember Cody for, what would that message be?
1: Oh, uh, you've got these big, um, big questions. Um, what would I want them to remember me by? What would be the message? Um, I mean, I think the message for me would be that, you know, you were born for a purpose you know, you have um, you have a gift that has been given to you um, to make an impact and and um, and make the world a better place. And so, um, trust that you've you've got something that the world needs, and use your creativity to find ways to you know to get out there and make an impact in the world, whatever that looks like for you. I'd encourage people not to um, look at other people and model your success off them. Um, but you know, shows like this are great to inspire you to, to chase your own success, but they're not meant, you know, I'm speaking hopefully for you here, but I I'm imagine that it's not meant for you to replicate the success that someone else has had on this show, but to encourage you that there's opportunity for you to find your, your lane and, um, what success looks like for you. So yeah, I just encourage people that there's something great inside of them and uh, the world needs it, and we need them to step up and um, and to chase after it with everything they've got.
0: Great words to live by. Now, before I let you go, I know there's lots of websites and lots of stages that's waiting for you right now, uh, but I got five quick, five quick questions for you. Give me the first thing that comes to mind. Uh, you're sure. stranded on a deserted island. One food to eat for the rest of your life, no consequence.
1: <laughs> Lasagna.
0: <laughs> um hollywood calls and goes hey cody we love your story what an inspiration who would you cast to play you in a movie
1: denzel washington
0: denzel washington <laughs> shows up at your door and goes hey cody buddy i got casted to play you uh let's have some fun let's go out and you go don't worry about this uh i got the night all taken <laughs> care of what does that night look like to you
1: oh man um we just could get some food I just love to hang out he's my favorite actor so i would just be uh, asking him about all of the movies that he's done um that's pretty much it
0: (laughs) uh you're in the circus what is one role that you would like to take over
1: one role whether Uh, it's
0: the the person the trapeze okay trapeze
1: trapeze Uh, yeah i mean obviously if i'm good at it if i'm if i'm if i'm cody as i am right now then the last thing that i want to do is trapeze but if i'm in the circus and i'm good at it then trapeze would be awesome
0: um i I assume you're you're a football soccer fan yeah what position do you play
1: i played midfield
0: and if you had an opportunity to bring in a fictional character to be your teammate who would that fictional character be and why
1: has to be Messi he's the goat so i'd want to play with the best
0: well you got the goat i said fictional so somebody who doesn't exist a oh. cartoon character or something like that who oh
1: cartoon you? character i mean you i mean maybe the flash cuz he would like you'd win every game he would be unstoppable
0: <laughs> i'd be like 100 nothing there all the time
1: <laughs> yeah exactly
0: uh give me a number from 1 to 5 uh 2 1 2 so if you had to compare success to
1: ice skates, success, success to ice, like
0: skate. ice skates,
1: how is success like an ice skate? Well, success is like an ice skate because you can take it in many different directions um, and it's, it's more about the person who's got the ice skate on um, and what skills that person has, they can take it in different directions. So the every ice, there's lots of ice skates out there, but depending on who's wearing it, they get to be the ones to define success for them.
0: Nicely. That's that's how success is like ice skates. Uh, yeah. thank you very much for your time. That was awesome. Uh any last words from you?
1: No, man. I just want to say thank you for for the conversation. It's been uh great to get to know you a bit and I hope that uh my story is inspires some people to to go out there and chase success for themselves.
0: Awesome. And what's the best way for people to reach out for to you?
1: Uh, they can find us. Uh, my two companies are online, Lightning Sites. You can find it at lightningsites.com. And then my other company is called WorkPod, um, which helps uh, people to build teams in the Philippines. You can find us at workpod.com, which is W-R-K-P-O-D.com. So you can find us there. Um, there's uh, contact details and stuff for, for our company. So that's where you can find us.
0: Awesome. Well, thank you very much. Everybody make sure if you need a website, make sure you connect with Cody here. Uh, go, to, go to his site. Ask him questions, uh fill in the forms and all that kind of stuff. I'm sure he'll get a wonderful converting website for you. And <laughs> if not, just connect with him. I'm sure he has lots of great insights on other stuff as well. Uh again, he is Cody. My name is Fonchan. Until next time, today isn't the day to unlock your peak potential. We'll see you later.